Welcome to the Shakeout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Happy Monday, Maddie. Happy Monday, Kate. How was your weekend? Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, my um, my uncle turned seventy five, so I went to my first socially distanced birthday party. How was that? Um, super fun. You know, no no complaints. I drove a tractor. Whoa! Um, no, wait a minute. You're from Pembroke, so do you have a tractor driving history? And no, this was my first tractor driving experience. Well, I didn't wow. grow up on a farm. Not everyone in Pembroke's a farmer. Okay, I'm sorry Contrary for making that unfair assumption. To popular belief. Yeah. Um, Just the way you've described it in the past, you can understand why I might yeah, there think were, you had... There were many farmers. There was, a, there was a guy, Nick, in my high school who would introduce himself as a dairy farmer. Nick the dairy uh, farmer. Yeah, he would he would shake your hand and he would say, Nick, dairy farmer. Um, so, you know, there lo- were lots of farmers. I just wasn't one of them. Right. But tractor driving, super fun. They kind of move, eh? Like, I, I they, don't know. I've never been on a tractor. They go faster than you think they would go. Okay. Was it difficult? Well, it, it's uh, it's uh, manual transmission. Ah, so as my uh, boyfriend slash driving instructor will attest, uh, my I'm a little heavy on the clutch. Gotcha. So I think we've had this conversation yeah, before. Yeah, I've, I've I've got some work to do. Um, but but it was fun. Good. It was glad. fun. I'm glad. Well, happy birthday to your uncle. Thank you. Um, how's running going? You know, it's going. It's going pretty good, actually. Nice. It's, it's, sounded, it's hot. It's hot in this in this part of town. That sounded very valley when I just said it's going pretty good. Yeah. It's going. <laughs> it's going pretty well. Um, what is it? Superman does good. You do well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little grammar lesson for the day. Yeah. Um, how's your running going? It's going well as well. Thank you. What's the most fun you've had running in the past week? Oh, that is a great question. The most fun I've had running in the last week. On Friday, well, this this was fun. I don't think it's probably fitting into the definition that you had in mind. But on Friday, I had a 16K run to do. And I ran, I have a 16K loop that I do in Toronto. Because mm-hmm. I, I really prefer those to out and backs. Out and backs just feel like... I don't know. I think I'm the only runner who kind of likes an out and back. Do you? I don't mind it if it's in, you know, I, 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 sometimes it's great, but I really like the idea of like doing a loop or a circle. So my loop um, about 10K into my run was where the Black Lives Matter Day of Action was happening downtown Toronto. So I ran to the Black Lives Matter Day of Action and hung out there for about two hours and was a really interesting experience. And then I ran home. That's that's perfect. You got you got everything accomplished in one sweeping motion. I did, and and I'll uh, I'll, I'll throw this little plug in because I'm going to be mentioning it in our episode that's coming out this Friday as well. While I was running to the BLM event, I was listening to the Sidious Mag podcast with Chris Chavez, where he was interviewing Gwen Berry about her political protest um, against police brutality. Uh, so it, it just all tied together. It was a very powerful, impactful afternoon. I felt good because I had the endorphins going. I felt good because I was 
part of this really awesome event that was taking place. And uh, yeah, it was that's probably the most fun I've had lately. If fun, fun isn't maybe the right word, but it was, yeah, powerful. How about you? Most fun you've had running lately? I did a track workout and it was just so fun. It was so hard, but it was like the first, it was like my first proper hard session in a really long time. Not to say I haven't worked hard in the past three months, um, but it just always looked different. Whereas like this session was like the first time I was like, I'm on a track, I'm in shoes, I'm running 200s. Like this is what the summer is supposed to be. Nice. And it felt really dang good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, also just a little side note. I think, uh, I think I got fit during social isolation. Like I think there are going to be a lot of people who are, really pleasantly surprised by how these like adaptations to their training may actually have made them like a better more well-rounded runner because for sure I'm not the only one who landed myself in this position well you're not and we're going to talk about a few other people in fact we can start with that because we've (laughs) we've got a lot to talk about today and it's kind of a mix of some not great news and and some good stuff so let's start with something good with some of our local Canadian athletes um Luke Bruchette PB's in the 10K. PB in in the 10K in a time trial. Yeah. Julianne Staley ties her outdoor PB in the mile. You know, just just with her boyfriend pacing. Amazing. Strong pacer. Sure. But, like, these are are super encouraging results. And I think we're just going to continue to see them through the summer from elites and non-elites alike. Yeah. Totally. Because there is no doubt in my mind that... Because everyone was like forced out of their little bubble, you, yeah, you probably like worked different muscles and focused on different parts of training that you totally neglected for a long time, just because either you had the time or you like didn't have the facilities to do what you normally do. And I think it probably made us all better at running. That's really great. If you didn't get injured, I think you got better at yeah, running. For sure. And I think I'll I'll add to that just a little bit by saying that and I know this has been true for myself and others that I've spoken with, but it kind of forces you to get back to basics too in terms of just enjoying running because you're not going to get that reward of a race, right? I mean, these time trials are awesome, but they don't count for anything. Um, except that you're seeing how hard you can push yourself. Like that is it's stripping it right back down to that basic, right? Like what can I do against myself? Well, in the mental fortitude, right? right? Like, whereas you used to, you know, when you're racing, you've got people in front of you to be like, I want to beat them. Yeah. Whereas this is all about like, I want to be better than me. Totally. Which is really what it should be anyway. So maybe when you finally get to a start line, you'll realize, you know, the answer was within you all along. <laughs> oh, that's great. And there will be some start lines. We'll get to these in a moment as well. But there, it looks like there will be some start lines for people to start getting excited about, hopefully in the coming months. So we will get to those in a minute. But we got some more doping news. <sighs> the dopers. Oh, well, <sighs> COVID-19 was complicated for a lot of reasons. However, no one's been testing for about three months right which if you were inclined to dope is kind of a juicy period to take advantage right and strangely enough we're getting some 
positive test news back, but it's actually more about mistest than positive tests. Right. So, Kate, explain how a mistest becomes a positive test. Well, Maddie, we've talked about it on the show before, but the sort of Coles Notes version of this is that if you are in the registered testing pool, which all sort of top level athletes are uh, for track and field, you are required to enter what's called whereabouts. So you have to provide a one hour window of every single day of the year where you can be found by a doping control officer and they come unannounced to your residence during that one hour and they can test you at any time without warning. And this is how they catch people doing, you know, out. Of, this is they're, they're called out of competition tests. And this is how you uh, make sure that you can test very frequently, not just during races. So because everyone has to submit that one hour whereabouts window, if you are not where you say you're going to be during that time, it is counted against you and it's a three strike and you're out system. So you can miss two tests, but if you miss a third one in a 12 month period, it is considered to be the same thing as a positive result, a positive test. Kate, you've been in the registered testing pool. I have. Correct? For a very long time. Did you ever miss a test? Once. Okay. And it put the fear of God in me. Mm -hmm. So there was one time, and it it can be a little tricky because, you know, most athletes put it from like 6 to 7 a.m. because you're almost always going to be at your house during that time. However, you can go in and change it the night before if you are going to be somewhere else the next day, if you stay at a friend's house or you're you're traveling. So I I was doing that. I was, uh, at the time, I wasn't living with my boyfriend yet, and I stayed over at his place, and I forgot to change my window for the next morning. And the tester showed up at the house I was living at, and I wasn't there, and I got a call from my landlord explaining that I had missed this and I was terrified and I knew that I could still have one more before getting tossed (laughs) but it was so scary that I never missed another one and I was so vigilant about making sure that I put my my I updated my whereabouts well and that's why they work on the three strikes you're out model because we're human and people make mistakes but I think that's the idea is that after number one you go holy crap uh never want to do that again like if you went to work and they said, like, this is the one thing you can do that will absolutely 100% get you fired. Right. You wouldn't do that thing. You probably thing. wouldn't do that thing, no. <laughs> Unless you really hated your job. Yeah. And I would imagine that the world champion in the 100 meter probably doesn't hate his job that much, which is what is, makes this so confusing. So without going into all the nitty gritty, there is a difference between a missed test and what's called a filing failure. So filing failure is when you don't update your whereabouts properly. There's some, something that kind of goes wrong during that process. And then a missed test is when you're just not physically where you say you're going to be. So Christian Coleman, from 2018 to 2019, had two filing failures and one missed test. And there's a loophole in there that because they were filing failures and not missed tests, that one of them was backdated. So it technically didn't all three of them didn't occur within one calendar year, according to WADA. But can you imagine you've had, you've come so close to not being able to compete at the world championships. He then goes on to compete at the world championships, wins a gold medal in the hundred, which was already controversial for lots of people. Pretty good payday too. Pretty good payday. And then four months later in December has another whereabouts failure. Misses, misses a test because he claims he was shopping for Christmas presents. He, he very well could have been shopping sure. for Christmas presents. But he but, wasn't at his house. But he wasn't at his house. <laughs> we don't really care where he was or was not. But after this many, you know, yeah. screw ups, 
you gotta wonder. Yeah. Well, and this is what's been said a lot. And, and you know, here's the thing. Kristen Coleman has never failed a doping test. He has never been tested and had a positive result for a banned substance come back. And so that's something he is clinging to because he's saying, look, I've, I'm tested all the time. I'm one of the most tested athletes in the world and I've never failed a, a test. But critics have said, but if you're clean, why would you miss you know, why would you have a whereabouts failure? So we're not here to talk about whether Christian Coleman has ever taken a performance enhancing substance. Everything indicates that he has not. However, this makes you kind of wonder what's going on. Well, he's still facing a two year suspension. Yes. Because it does work on the three strikes you're out model and three missed tests counts as a positive test. So, yes, he is going to be he's been provisionally suspended and handed a two year ban meaning that he would miss next summer's olympics and it's you know it, it's it's an unfortunate thing but this is where we need reminders right like it, it's it's a good reminder for everyone that there are consequences if you don't follow what you're supposed to with with this whereabouts stuff so to all the athletes listening who might be part of the registered testing pool get your whereabouts in and be where you say you're going to be they haven't come for me yet, but, you know, oh, they if, will, if I'm lucky one day. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that a lot of athletes sort of feel a sense of pride when they finally get into this registered testing pool because I'm like, they I, only could, t- I am good enough. I could be cheating. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It won't be long. We have a second story uh, that is just kind of emerging about doping. Ethiopian marathoner Atafru Wodaj has been handed a 12-year doping ban for EPO and tampering with evidence. This story is wild. years. <laughs> The story is wild. No one gets a 12-year doping no. ban. And well, it's so it's a four-year. So she she failed uh, a doping test and her A and B samples both came back positive for EPO, which is a banned substance. That carries with it an automatic four-year ban. But then she got another eight years tacked onto that for flat out manipulating evidence and lying about needing EPO prescribed from a doctor for another medical reason. I would love to see what that TUI says. So, th- so a TUE is the medical exemption document, and I would love to see a document that says medically <laughs> medically requires EPO. Well, so I think there might, there's there was some potential validity here because she claimed that she had to have a blood transfusion, and that after the transfusion, her doctor prescribed EPO for four weeks, which. You know, I think there there could be some like legitimacy there. However, the Athletic Integrity Unit, Athletics Integrity Unit, did an investigation when she handed them the certificate, and they found that not only was the certificate forged, the clinic that she claimed it was from had ceased existence before she had before the this certificate was stamped, and the doctor's name, which appeared on the certificate, isn't even a real doctor. So the whole thing was just a complete forgery. Um, and that's you know like that's kind of the irony. She's thirty years old. If she had just accepted the four year ban for testing positive for EPO, she could full well come back and you know have a, a second career. But we're not saying it's impossible to come back at forty two. And become an international runner again. We were actually just saying, like, you know, maybe five years ago, we might have been like, oh, 42, you're a little over the hill for right. a marathoner. Doesn't seem that way anymore, folks. No. But uh, so she very well could come back and have a full career. But we hope she's clean when she does it. Right. So the the, the tie here to, uh, to Canada is that she actually was tested last fall at the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, where she ran a PB of 227. And it was after that race that she was tested. And that's where the positive test came back from. So 
we won't be seeing her anytime soon. So one more piece of kind of crappy news and then we'll get to the good stuff. Lamine Diak is the former president of the IAAF, which is now called World Athletics. He was the president for 16 years from 1999 to 2015. And he is currently on trial in Paris for money laundering, corruption, and breach of trust after accepting millions of dollars from Russia to help cover up 23 doped Russian athletes. Doesn't being on trial in Paris sound kind of romantic, even though nothing about trial should be? <laughs> like, is, like, isn't that kind of a fun way to go out, you know? If yeah. you're going to be locked up for uh, money laundering and corruption... May as well do it in the most romantic city in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Over like a plate of escargot. Yeah. I don't... I don't <laughs> <laughs> Wearing your jaunty beret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I just... When you... Like, even like saying like on trial for uh, X, Y, and Z in Paris. In Paris. Sounds kind of fun. In gay Paris. <laughs> you know who's not in gay Paris? Who? His son, who is was also... In <laughs> was in on it. And who is living in his uh, home country of Senegal right now. And is Senegal is refusing to extradite him to France to, to go on trial. Um, and, you know, it, it seems strange that uh, Senegal wouldn't want to extradite him when the current president of Senegal's campaign received a $1.5 million donation from the DX uh, ahead of his successful presidential run. So... Weird how that happens. But anyway, uh, yes, we hope that both Lamine and his son will face the consequences of their actions and that we won't have any more issues with covering up doped athletes by the president of the organization. Ah, sport. Oh, sport. So straightforward. Interesting how so much drama can unfold when there's no races happening. Maybe we have more time to focus on the drama now. Yeah, I think we probably do. Yeah. All right, good news story. Good news story. So we reported on a story um, in the fall about a woman named Noor uh, Alexandria Abdukarim, who was disqualified from a cross-country race in Ohio because she competed while wearing a hijab. So wearing a hijab wasn't against the rules, but she failed to complete these forms that were required of her before the race for having, you know, a different uniform. Right. Um, her parents and her argued that she didn't complete the forms because uh, the hijab isn't part of the uniform. It's part of her person. Um, and, it you know, she, she wears it all the time. It's part of her every day. And, you know, she didn't see why she would need to complete a special waiver for a cross-country race. Totally valid. So, Noor along with a few other students, helped pass a Senate bill allowing religious apparel during extracurricular activities. So this is super cool because no one will have to complete waivers. No one will have to complete complete forms. You can wear anything you want that's affiliated with your religion, you know, no matter which extracurricular activity you're participating in, whether, you know, it's chess club or cross country. Right. And she also got an apology, a formal apology from um, several people who, you know, had to do with her disqualification and said like it was an antiquated rule we're very sorry you know thank you for affecting this change yeah so you know high schooler high schooler Go passing Noor. senate bills 
Amazing. So, so great. And she talked about how important this was because she said that, you know, she and her her sister, who both wear hijab, have a difficult time sometimes feeling comfortable in public wearing a hijab and that, you know, school and running are supposed to be the, her safe places, the places where she just feels that she can completely be herself and um, ex- express herself the way she needs to. And this is so great that she'll now be able to do that. She and all other uh, Muslim students will be allowed to, as they should, compete and uh, participate in their religious apparel. In their religious apparel. Great news story. And another good news story. Racing came back to Canada over the weekend. Yeah, it did. In a funny little way. (laughs) So the Waterloo 10K ran on Sunday. And there was a virtual version of the event, which almost everyone participated in. But a handful of elites were invited to run in person. So they staggered the start so that you were never running, you know, you were well apart. Like, sorry, you were well over two meters apart of people, like probably closer to 100 or 150 meters apart. But at least you were all on the course at roughly the same time. And there was a race environment. You got an official chip time, things like that. It's like a lot of people doing a time trial at roughly the same time. Exactly. Cool. And I wonder if this might be the future of racing for the next little while. Right. So the the full results for that come out tomorrow with the virtual race and the in-person race. And are you going to be speaking with any of the participants? Yes, I will be. So stay tuned. Runningmagazine.ca for Maddie's update from some of the people who participated in the Waterloo 10K. Uh, yeah, because you're right. We'll probably see more of this moving forward. There are some other start lines to get excited about. The Inspiration Games will run on July 9th, and Canada's Andre DeGrasse World Championship bronze medalist will be competing. He will compete in Florida against one of his training partners and a French athlete who will compete in France. Cool. And it will be an empty stadium, right? It will be an empty stadium. Yeah. As per regulation. Right. Yes. Okay, question. Are they doing a 100-yard dash? Yeah, 100-yard dash. Not a 100-meter. Not a 100-meter, 100-yard weird because we're gonna keep we're gonna like because nothing counts right right when i say nothing counts i mean the olympic qualification period now does not open until december 1st 2020 yeah so this summer if you find yourself on a start line and you're hoping to go to the olympics none of the times you run will get you there right so i think it would almost feel better to run all these off distances and have these like funny little PBs yeah. as opposed to running Olympic standard and being like, great, that means nothing. Right. Um, well, it's like Karsten Varholm last week setting the 300 meter hurdle record. Totally. It's that like OTC Atlanta track club ran, you know, a dual meet and they ran like the 1200. Right. Um, and the 600, you know, these, these events that, you know, are, they're a little feather in your cap. They're a PB, they prove fitness, but you don't have to get really frustrated yeah. if you, you know, run Olympic standard and it, it does nothing for you. So listeners, if any of you are taking on sort of personal challenges to maybe set a personal best in an off distance, let us know what they are. We'll give you a shout out on the air and we'd love to hear what kinds of things people are doing to stay motivated during COVID. Yeah, like maybe we should all go out and try to run our fastest 7K ever. Yeah, why not? Why not? Be fun. Maybe I'll take up the 300 meter hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes. No. <clears throat> no. <laughs> and for those looking for longer races, it appears as though, as things stand right now, the Fargo Marathon in North Dakota will be the first, I don't, I guess we're not post COVID, the first 
co- the first marathon to take place during COVID. And I've read their press release. <laughs> Very vague details about how they will make it safe. But when we get those details, we will let you know. However, North Dakota is um, among, you know, the 10 states in America with the lowest cases. Right. I wonder if maybe they will only open the race to North Dakota residents. I was wondering that, too. Um, Anyway, you know, details pending. Yeah. But they got the green light. So late August, it was supposed to take place in May, but... Apparently, they are ready and excited to go. Late August, Fargo Marathon. We'll keep you posted. Oh, also in trail news, speaking of strange challenges, strange personal bests, a runner is the fastest Canadian, with the exception of only two cyclists, to complete the Everest Challenge. So the Everest Challenge is where in one go, you climb the total elevation gain of Mount Everest, which is just over 8,800 meters. And uh, two Canadian cyclists, uh, one of them's my boyfriend, uh, set the record last weekend. But on the same weekend, a runner ran just shy of their time on his two feet the whole way. And you might be thinking, how the heck do you do this? But it's because at a certain point, if a hill is steep steep enough, you're faster on your feet than you are on a bike. Right. So this runner, Ryan Atkins, was able to climb a hill that was like 25% elevation gain, whereas like the cyclists had like 8%. So hmm. this, it took the cyclists over 200K to complete the elevation, whereas it took Ryan Atkins under 70. Right. So when you're talking like a 130-kilometer discrepancy – you don't need the bike. Right. So anyway, interesting. Super Can't imagine cool. what those quads felt like after. Yeah. He actually said pretty good. He took a week to cycle, ironically, after to give his legs a bit of a break. And he said a week later he was back to running and he felt pretty good. Because he also, he did it on a trail, right? So he did it, uh, it was nice and soft. Mm-hmm. So he could he could walk up and then just kind of like truck it down. At like f- He was walking up at like 11 minutes per K, but then he would come down the hill because it's so steep at like five minutes per K. So he made sure that he had like nice soft grass where he could come down without like worrying about like twisting his ankle. Could you just barrel roll down? Yeah, totally. I think that would count. I would count it because some runners actually have someone like shuttle a bike to the top for them. So they like run up the hill and then they bike down because if you don't have the right hill, that's how you that's what really slows you down is the trip down because on your bike, you can just coast. Right. But the runners have to like do work on the way down the hill, which is actually way harder. It is. If if you're into, you know, 11 hours of activity, try the Everest challenge. Let us know what you think. What do we have coming up this week, Maddie? What's what's going on with you? Um, this week, um, this weekend it is my youngest sister's uh fake prom slash graduation slash real birthday. Um, wow, that's a lot of exciting yeah, things. A all June twenty eighth birthday, so it was all. It's a hot time of the year. Yeah, literally, literally, and you know, social calendar wise as yeah. well. So you know. My bubble will be showing up to celebrate her 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 graduation and prom. I'm wearing my prom dress. Yes. And so is my other sister. How fun. Our prom dresses aren't that nice, um, but we'll be wearing them. That sounds great. Sounds like a nice celebration. What are you doing this weekend? I'm Oh, well, we didn't say happy Father's Day, belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. Way to go runner dads and, I mean, all dads, but... Um, I'm going to be having a belated Father's Day celebration with my runner dad this coming weekend. Um, actually, 
One of our previous guests on the ShakeOut, Mr. Durham Hallwell, is a running teammate of my dad's. They run in the Nomads uh, group together. And Durham is from uh, Newfoundland. And every year he orders hundreds of lobsters and has a big lobster boil in his backyard for all of his friends. And because of COVID, uh, they're not actually having the party, but he is ordering the lobsters. So we are going to be celebrating with a giant lobster dinner in my parents' backyard on Saturday. love lobster. I do too. With just like some hot salty butter. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be great. Gosh, I love seafood. I know. Something, Something I've really missed, so that'll be fun. And then, and then June's over somehow. Yeah. This when, has been the fastest month of my when life. When the heck did it go? This whole four months. Been the, this is so... Time is fake. <laughs> Time is fake. Everything's an illusion. And uh, we keep running. <laughs> and we keep running. That's a great way to end. So listeners, keep engaging with us. Let us know what's getting you through this time, what you're looking forward to, what the summer holds for you. And we will do this all again next week. So for your Week in Review, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. We'll talk to you next week.